So I call this a guide to living. So every week I have brought it up, and every week it's not changed. And so today I'm just going to give you a quick state of the union. We live in a crazy, chaotic world. It's nuts. That's what it is. Uh, it's a place of confusion and division. It's a place of worry and anxiety. It's a place of doubt and of fear. And I don't know about y'all, but the news and social media don't help, do they? Uh, can y'all can y'all agree with that? They do not help. It's just downright discouraging when we go to the news. In Genesis, we read where God created the heavens and the earth and everything was good. Remember that? Those several, several verses there, and it was good. And he, when he created humankind, he said, and it was very good. And then it changed, right? The whole snake thing and life kind of went off the rails at that point. And, and now we live in chaos. But God is good still. And God has not changed in all of this time, God has not changed. God is exactly who we have always known God to be. God knew us before we were formed in the womb, and therefore we have God's will within us to carry with us on earth. But many of us aren't actually walking in the perfect will of God, is, are we? We're not walking in His will for our lives. And that is where the confusion comes in. What, what is expected of us and desired for us and what the actual us doing is, there's, a, there's kind of a, uh, an imbalance there. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Not my will but your will be done. Not my will, but your will. The Son of God prayed this same prayer more than once to emphasize to us that we should be submitting to the will of God, just like the Son of God. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. God's will is God's plan for our life. He had it all laid out the things that we should do. But for us to be doing as God had planned for us to do, we need to be in the Word, right? We need to be discerning what God's call upon our lives are and, and submitting to that will, giving in to that will. And if we are not seeking His way for our lives, it further adds to the confusion that we're already living in. I spoke last week about how it must grieve the heart of God that His children are not fulfilling their purpose as Jesus did. And we're not. We're, most of us are not. I can't say everybody's not, but, but some of us are not. You know, we, we get distracted, we turn our hearts, we turn our minds, things happen and we just don't seem to pay attention like we should. But God's desire is that we follow His path for us, that we live by the guide of the Bible for our lives. And in order to fulfill God's will, we have to begin with prayer, right? I've said it over and over. The best way to start your day before you ever place your feet on the ground is to say a prayer. A prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of good morning, a prayer of be with me for the day, Lord. Because once your feet hit the floor, all the rules are off, right? It, it could change in an instant. So it's, it's best to start before you ever swivel, swing those feet around 
or maybe it's on the couch, guys. I don't know. We swing it around off the couch and put them on the floor. But we begin in prayer. We pray as often as possible. We can set ourselves up to be ready for God to speak to us, to our life, and to our purpose. We also spend time in the Word daily. It's easy to get out of the habit of setting aside time to be in the Bible, to read and to meditate on Scripture. But if we open up the Scripture, folks, the Scripture will open up to us. We have to be willing to go in and listen to what God has to say for us. We read, and it doesn't matter where you read or where you start, but start somewhere. Because the crazy thing is when you come back around to that Scripture again, it's going to give you something different. I have never received the same exact message twice from reading a passage. But even limited time with Scripture, even if you just have two or three minutes, even limited time is going to give you some wonderful little nugget of peace and wisdom. And we can build a day out of a nugget, can't we? Let's tell in the early service. That's what I want you all to take away from today. We can build a day from a nugget. Nuggets are good. We seek guidance. John 14, 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to give you this. It's always going to be with you. It's never going to leave your side. It's going to walk with you, journey with you, sleep with you. It's going to be with you every minute of every day. And you can forever turn to that advocate, that Holy Spirit. And we are to do what we've been called to do and beyond. We're going to have to give an account for the fruits of our labor at some point. And, and we want to be able to say, Lord, you gave me this much, but I was able to turn it around and give that much. It's what God is calling us to do. Paul's message is clear, to live like wise people. And they may, they may they make the most of their time because evil forces are trying to steal what they can. And that's the truth. As one preacher said, you have to fill a person with something. And as a follower of Christ, we yearn to be filled with God and all the good things of God. We open up our hearts and minds to hear of the goodness that Jesus gives us. And we allow ourselves sometimes to drop our guard and we allow ourselves to be filled with things of the world, things that are not good for us. How many people do you know that are allowing themselves to be filled with something rotten every day. These things that will ultimately kill us emotionally or relationally or spiritually or even physically. The only place that we can find peace and joy is through being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's where our joy comes from. That's where our peace comes from. As the church today, like the early church, we are a church that sings. We lift praises and psalms and hymns to the heavens in adoration to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's the joy that creates within us a song, right? We, we listen to these songs, and how, how many of y'all leave here humming something that you heard? Like Amazing Grace, we will probably be humming Amazing Grace in that version for the rest of the afternoon. But there's so many times when I come to church and I'll pick up on a, a hymn that the choir does. So what you may not know is since about 2007, I've led praise and worship. And so that's really all I've listened to since about 2007. That's 14 years of just praise. Now, in Van Alstine, we had a choir, but I, my focus was on praise. And so to come in and have a choir to listen to is something new and exciting. And, and some of these hymns I don't know. 
but I sure have a better feeling for them after we leave here when I'm humming in the afternoons. I give thanks for that because it does create a joy that sings within me. And I'm thankful. We are a thankful church. We consistently give thanks for all the good things, right? The good things and the bad things that that happen in our lives. We give thanks um, in all times and in all places. John Chrysostom, the great preacher, once said, we even give thanks for hell because that gives us a place to not want to go. Give thanks for hell because we want to avoid that. Helps us keep on the straight and narrow. The early church was wholly thankful because God, in His great love, bent, bent down to give us Jesus Christ, to live among us, to offer us reconciliation and salvation. We have to remember that being a child of God is a gift because truth is we remain unworthy we're not worthy of the gifts that we're given but each day as we pray and we fellowship and we read scripture and we sing hymns and we give thanks we are working toward that worthiness we are working toward that perfection in christ as a church we honor and respect each other This is because we're all considered equals here. doesn't matter what your job is, your financial status, your, your, your social class. We come as one people, equal in the eyes of God. We see each other in the light of Christ. Considering the troubled times that we have, we don't have time for the blame game. Sometimes we're required to come together as one. And with God and the gifts that God has provided, we can right this this sinking ship that we're in. This this chaos and this calamity that that the, the society and culture seems to have every moment of every day. I was reading a a passage last night on Facebook because you know that's where all the good stuff happens. I was reading it and it was talking about how how good something is. And somebody said, well, it's good unless you're this, or it's good unless you're this. I mean, took something super nice and turned it into a gripe. Why do we feel like we have to twist everything to the negative? We come together with God and the gifts that God has provided, and we make things better. That's what we're called to do. We work toward peace and joy and justice for everyone because that's what God intended. All together for together, right? Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, the very present help in trouble. And, and right about now, folks, we need all the help we can get. We are facing a storm and it attacks us everywhere. It attacks us in our homes. It attacks us in our jobs. It attacks us at our schools. It attacks us outside our schools on the playgrounds. It attacks us in church. We need the help of Jesus Christ to get past this. It's not about rich or poor or white or black or me first. It's about doing what God has called us to do, to help each other, to edify each other, to lift each other up with positivity and joy and peace and comfort and strength. 
Do away with the negative. God has a purpose for the difficulties that we face. And we're all going to face difficulties. Whether it's tragedy or sorrow or depression or disappointment or grief, these problems are going to eventually affect us somehow. But God and God's goodness is going to get us through that. And when God does get us through that, then we are to turn that around and use it for someone else. God gives us this much and we turn it around this much. Give more than we receive. Overflow with that love. Love begets love, right? This is part of God's provision. We are part of God's provision. We live in a time where people seem to want to go about blindly and ignore the consequences of their actions or their non-actions. They may take the attitude that it's not their fault or it's not their problem or they play the blame game or they complain about everything. But we rise above the struggles. With God's help, we do what is right. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. The other side of that would be, if you live like fools, you'll be foolish. We allow our phones and our social media and our news sources to offer us a multitude of half-truths, usually bad news, right? And they don't say anything about good or God. We spend time with people who don't push us to be our best selves, and we don't seek the best in others. That's not Christ-like. Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. If you surround yourself with people of lesser value, lesser morals, lesser expectations, and lesser ambitions, you will adopt those same inadequacies. Strive for the good. Strive for the best in each other. God has given us a call to caretake. We caretake for each other. We are the caretakers. We are the ones who step up to help when nobody else will. Colossians 3, 12 and 14 states, as God's chosen ones, that's y'all, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Bear with one another. And if there is a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Man, that's, that's good stuff there. Together, we have the power to change. We have the power to change ourselves. We have the power to change each other. We have the power to change the world. We have this call and the capacity to be God's conduits of grace and peace and love and reconciliation. We want to reconnect each with each other. We want to, we want to fix that connection that has been broken. It sends everybody away. That connection helps us to all be welcomed and bound together in service to the kingdom. But it has to start somewhere, right? It has to start somewhere. And so today I'm telling you that that start is here with you now, today. Be the start. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.